MLB draft prospects. Who's going to pitch next week? We'll get into that on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. Listen, we don't have time for a longer intro. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Jeff. Over there is Justin. We are recording later than normal, so if I'm a little more loopy, you got that uh, information to set you up. Uh, I want to thank you all for watching. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Uh, we are, like I said, we got we got stuff to chat about. Uh, I don't know. Did we decide in order? Uh, am I starting with draft? Are we starting with the Mar? Let's starting with Marlins, maybe. Well, let's let's go with the latest pitching conspiracy theories. Okay. Uh, let's put our tinfoil hats on. So, according to Jeff, still got his tinfoil hat. So, the Clippers game notes from Thursday, April twentieth, suggest that Connor Pilkington will be pitching today, Friday, as you're listening to this. That would take him out of being an option for. Monday or Tuesday, so there's that. Uh, we're still trying to debate who is going to wind up getting this pitching spot, and I think I think I have to go back and give Jeff a little more credit for his theory yesterday. You know, if they they could scratch Logan Allen Saturday and go with him Sunday, and keep Peyton Battenfield Monday, and they can go to Cal on Tuesday. So keep an eye out for that. If it's not Allen Saturday, I'm probably inclined to go with Curry truthfully in Gaddis' spot, depending on, I don't know, they could give Cal an extra day with his ankle or leg, whatever that is. They said he's fine. They could give him an extra day. Um, so I think I, Pilkington definitely out, which is good because he's not been good this year. And, um, you know, I think he's going to maintain a 40-man spot just because of the early depth. But I'm kind of thinking now as the year goes on, with it, when they start to get healthy and when they add Allen to the 40 and when they add Bybee to the 40, I think uh, Pilkington might be on the chopping block by then. Yeah, especially if he's playing poorly, he's easy to pass through. Um, yeah. I think, you know, uh, the, listen, Curry is the uh, the leader in the house on this. If you're, you know, gambling, that would be the, the favorite. Uh, I do want to point out, I, I noticed one of our everydayers, Dave, who does not like Hunter Gaddis, commenting, uh, I just want to read it again. Anyone who listens to the show, like we have always said Gaddis is a reliever. We've said the same thing about Curry. So at the end of the day, I think both of us would rather see Allen or Bybee in that spot because those are the guys who actually have a future as starters. The thing with a Gaddis or a Curry is you're hoping maybe to surprise you because really, I mean, I didn't think Aaron Savali would be a starter. That, that You know, I'm pat myself on the back. I totally whiffed on Savali. I thought he was a reliever all the way. I thought there was a decent chance McKenzie wasn't going to work as a, a starter just due to his health issues at the time um, and his unicorn build. But, uh, you know, I was proven wrong. So that's, I, I wanted Gaddis to get a look. I, you know, I wouldn't mind Curry getting an extended look just because sometimes I'm wrong. And I'd like to see, uh, you know, it, you'd rather be wrong and have a chance to fix it than, uh, you know, the, the junior Camonero of it all, which became a hot topic today as well. I was trying to remember, we didn't really touch on it in the show. Maybe we saved that for the minor league chat, but I felt like that really popped off today on Twitter. Yeah, that kind of went by the kind of starting to go and 
very ugly direction. So yeah, yeah who knows? Uh, he's gonna he, if he's not already a top 100 prospect, most places he's going to be. But yeah. we don't have to worry about that Florida team right now. It's the Guardians or the the National League Florida team that the Guardians are worried about. So we didn't get into the pitching matchups, the series overall on Thursday because we had a lot to talk about. So. We're going to get into the season pre or series review today for the Marlins and the Guardians. Zach Plesac and Braxton Garrett on Friday. So curious to see how the outfield looks. I'd imagine we'll see more Oscar Gonzalez. Um, I really hope Josh Naylor is not in the lineup against Braxton Garrett. I really hope, but I have. He's, I mean, he's he's I been their second second worst hitter in general, and he's done nothing against lefties. And I don't. We've seen this before. Like, remember when they wanted Jordan Luplo to get a chance against righties? It's like, that's not what he does. Like, at some point, we need to kind of understand, like, you can't force a platoon split to go away. You have to understand that Naylor is never going to hit lefties. That's not part of his game and move on. Yeah, and Luplo at least showed some promise. Like, there were some... There was like a few, a couple, couple of games, like some some stretches where he actually looked okay against righties. Occasionally, net has not been the case for Naylor. Naylor has never looked good against lefties, so I think they should just scrap that plans. But uh, I don't know, pretty good chance he's going to be in the lineup yeah. against a lefty. And Rex Garrett isn't even a good lefty, but no, he, I mean this year he has been. It's a limited start. He's you know, he's a former top ten overall pick. He just held yeah. kind of held him up. And last year is worth, you know, one and a half wins, had a FIP of 356. Like, I, th- I, I think at fairness, he was only 24, he's 25 this year. I think he might be good. I think it's we're finally seeing it come together. Ball, it's yeah. a lefty with a good breaking ball, which tells me not good for, for Josh Naylor. So we'll no. see. Plesak, I don't know how I feel about Plesak faring against the Marlins. A lot of the, the top three in the – actually, not the top three. This is a bad lineup. You have Jazz Chisholm, you have Elisa Rice, the rest of the It line is a very is bad lineup. Bad. Yeah, uh, in terms of just like, you know, okay, so people get mad when we don't reset stats. Weighted runs created plus takes all of your data, puts it in a ball, smushes it down, and makes 100 average. So if you're 100, you are league average. A little below, a little below, above, you're in the average range. It's like an IQ score. When you go up 10 points, it's a 10% above league average, 10 below, 10% below league average. If you're watching online, you get to see the fancy dancy hand stuff. That came out a little weird. But uh, the guys right now with a weighted runs created plus over 100, it's Solar, uh, Luis Araz, who's been great, and Garrett Cooper, who I've always dug. You can go back to two years ago when I was making trade deals for Garrett Cooper. Uh, he's going to get hurt at some point, though. That's that's Garrett Cooper's bugaboo. Um, don't look at Nick Forte's, my my offseason crush. That hasn't <laughs> yeah, that hasn't don't, worked don't out. Go, really. Don't go dig on that. But uh, you know, Jazz Chisholm's at a 93. And, you know, one of my sleepers on this team for a while has been Brian De La Cruz. He's at an 89. Uh, but, yeah, they are, you know, this is a, a place with some questionable choices have been made the past few years amongst who they sign. And uh, Yeah. Only 20 points OPS-wise above Cleveland, so their offense is not good. Um, they, they, the Marlins wanted to go out, if you remember the quotes like this offseason, they wanted to go out and get more contact hitters. That was what mm-hmm. – uh, they their strategy weren't, weren't they, they in on Bell and, and Abreu? Weren't they like they, they were they, they on, want... in on Bell and Abreu? Yeah, they wanted to get more more contact in the middle of their order. They went out and got. I mean, their lineup does have some guys who make content. When they went out and got Gene Segura, they went out and got Luisa Rice. They added Yuli Gurriel, who was kind of over the hill, but they they were they talked over the offseason about that was the approach. They wanted guys that made more contact, and uh, 
they did it in a very strange way that I don't agree with. So we'll see how they do against police. Like I, I just want to go ahead and throw this out there before we move on from that too. Uh, before anyone gets you know tight about the Guardians missing out on Jose Abreu, for all of Josh Bell's struggles, he is currently out hitting him. Yeah, it's not at at, at significantly reduced price. So I'm just yeah. going to push that out there. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we talked about on Thursday, if you're an everyday or you heard this, uh, Bieber versus Alcantara on Saturday. But the forecast for this weekend in Cleveland doesn't look good. It's very no. it's a wet forecast. We'll see what happens. That that's the other thing. This the 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 weather could throw a wrench into whatever pitching plans Cleveland has. They may not need anybody. They may have to take a rain out and meet up with Miami later in the year, or it could get even hairier and they can have a doubleheader, which all bets are off at that point if uh, they have a doubleheader. But this should be a fun one, though. Sandy Alcantara got beat up in his last matchup. Uh, he got hit pretty hard. Who who hit him? What who, what team was that? We talked about it. I think and. Uh, I'd have to go. I didn't expect to, to beat him up, but uh, this should be a good one. I think Bieber should excel against this Marlins lineup. The Was Arizona, Arizona? Yeah, it's Arizona. Yeah. His and, last I mean, two starts, he's given yeah, up. Yeah, before that, uh, Philadelphia tattooed him. And yeah, 13 runs first, last year. Yeah, and his uh, first start against the Mets was was okay. He shut down the uh, the Twins. My, I mean, he was, yeah, he shut down the Twins. Great, but, which... but other than that, it's been pretty mediocre for him. Yeah, Arizona's got a good lineup. Obviously, the Phillies have a good lineup, so I I, I would probably guess that Cleveland's going to have a hard time with him. Yeah, he's pretty good. I mean, he's mostly fastball changeup. The yeah. slider's pretty good, but uh, we'll see how that goes. It should be a fun matchup if the weather holds up. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I still love to go back to this. I'm not going to call it who it was because whatever, but I still love the uh, the blurb on him as a prospect. More likely that Alcantara, who has elite arm strength, will end up as a dominant two-pitch reliever due to issues with command and breaking ball efficacy. I mean, I probably wrote something similar, so I'm not going to... I wasn't an Alcantara guy because the command was not good. And as yeah, we talked about, that's way. normally what falls apart. It's that Florida developmental pipeline. You know, it, Alcantara, and, and that's the best part. Alcantara and Zach Allen both came over in the, in the Marcelo Zuna deal. And then Sunday, as of right now, it is Peyton Battenfield and Jesus Lazardo. Uh, I have a bad feeling about Jesus Lazardo against the Guardians. I hope they win one of the first. I know he th- he has more velocity. They seem to maybe it's still in my head, and I'm wrong in this, but it's like they sometimes do better against lefties with velocity than lefties without velocity. Uh, but you know, he was someone I really wanted them to target this offseason. He's got a two eight fifth. Still good. He's you know he's. I, yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like he's got, he's not a free agent until 2027. So I still think he is someone to consider targeting if mm-hmm. something makes sense. Like if if you can line something up where you have a bat that makes contact, and the Marlins still obviously need hitters, not that Cleveland doesn't. But you know, hey, maybe Brian Rocchio can get a l- real shot, and someone else can be trade bait. Yeah, he's still a very good guy. He's only 24, 25 years old. He'll be 26 at the end of the year. He's super young. Still could go after him, and they have the prospects to do it. And you know, if especially if they're going to wind up trading Shane Bieber up the offseason, I still think mm-hmm. Lazardo makes a lot of sense as a guy to to slot into your rotation. I mean, they figured him out. He looks good last year. He looks good so far this year. He's throwing, gosh, he's throwing harder. He was averaging ninety six last year. This fastball in one hundred innings this year so far, a uh, quarter of the way there innings wise, but ninety seven point two. He is scary. I think Battenfield, though, has earned every opportunity. You should get multiple, yeah, 
starts. We should see him up till June. Yeah, I, I think he's a safe bet until Mackenzie comes back, at least at this point, yeah. until that's Memorial Day. And even then, maybe he shifts Miami. to the pen. Like, I think if he keeps pitching well, you find a role for him. Yeah, that cutter has become a real weapon for him. Mm-hmm. And, and at the very least, that's a pitch he can use out of the bullpen. I mean, think about it. If he doesn't need a third pitch out of the bullpen, and he can give you a little bit harder of a blast in an inning stint, that cutter becomes becomes even more deadly. So I, I would love to see him out of the pen. I think he has definitely earned a bigger role, but... Uh, you know, I, I feel good about him against Miami on Sunday. This is again, this is not a lineup that should scare no. anybody. It just might be a low-scoring affair all weekend again because the Guardians' offense is kind of stuck in the mud, and uh, you're facing two good pitchers and a third pitcher with a repertoire that uh, generally just doesn't uh, do well. Uh, the Guardians don't do well against, I should say. We'll come back and we'll tease if there's any other matchups that we want to watch over the week over the weekend against the Marlins. Um, and then we're going to get it around the farm Fridays. We'll take a look at the best performers in the minor league system, most interesting performers in the minor league system over the past week. And then Jeff and segment three, Jeff will have our, uh, college baseball slash MLB draft segment of the week. So hang on. All right. If you've ever been stressed out about buying tickets to an upcoming game, maybe it's maybe you're trying to go to New York to the Cavs play at Madison Square Garden this weekend. That would be quite an event. Uh, but if you've ever been stressed about buying tickets, game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and other shows near you. They have killer deals on last minute tickets at their best price guarantee, so you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hype for your event. They have flash deals, easy to find and buy tickets to every kind of event. And if you're like me, love to see where I'm sitting in the stadium or the arena. They have images of seat views, a low price guarantee, event cancellation protection. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seats before you buy so you know what to expect when you get there. So you're not sitting behind a pole or a pillar. Uh, Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you'll never have to dig around through your email. Snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use Lockdown MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem twenty dollars by redeeming code Lockdown MLB. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Any any matchups for this Marlins series you want to highlight real quick before we move on to the minor leagues, Jeff? Nope. I think we handled it. It's the pitching. Their offense is not very good. It's it's a similar story. They got like three good, three to four good guys, and the rest of the team scuffling. I mean, the only other guy I can think of is Luis Arise. Got rid of him yeah. out of the AL Central, but he is a guardian killer. Uh, he's, I think, at the top of the leaderboards again for batting average this year. No shock. Yep. I expect him to be a pain. He's hitting over 400. Yeah. Hitting over 400. I saw some articles about could he do it. I, I don't think anyone's going to hit over 400 again. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got him. Like I said, it's it, Solar is having a nice rebound for them, and then I've always liked Garrett Cooper. But eventually, that dude gets hurt. Unfortunately, that's just his story, especially now that he's in his thirties. But um, yeah, I mean, John Birdie led the league in stolen bases a year ago, the National League. Bowling so Green guy. So if he gets wild. on base, keep your eye on him. But yeah. yeah, and hopefully Nick Fortes will play and make Jeff feel really happy. Um, no, because then I'm going to be conflicted. That's true. You conflicted. 
Uh, I don't know why they're still playing Jacob Stalin. That's a weird move. There's been a lot of weird moves in Miami. Around the farm Friday. All right, let's talk about some of the best performers in the minor leagues. I did give a shout-out to Joe Donovan the other night because what a weird thing. Took one for the team. Yeah, he took one for the team. Back in Lake County tonight, saw him. Uh, Jeff, again tonight, I was at Lake County before we started recording this. I'm going to tell you, Yordis Valdez. Uh, four hits in seven at bats. He had a double in game two. I think the bat is coming. I, I want to see him against higher velocity, and I want to see him handle some good breaking pitches first before I really declare anything. But um, the bat, I think, is crossing, is checking off the uh, the green check at, at, at low at high A. I think he can move on. I know he's just got there, but. Uh, I think he is checking the boxes of what you have to do at high A for now. I mean, okay, so I didn't love that pick. I'll be the first to admit that. That was not one of my favorite picks uh, because he just, I mean, but I didn't, it was not a pick I hated. I just didn't love it because he was a million plus. He was a big bonus um, and he was all defense. Like, and he was the slappiest of slap hitters you could ever see um, as a as a high school guy. He was, he was you know, you're you're looking at like a, 40 grade offense, probably best case, but like potentially like a 60, 65, 70 defender. Um, he might've been the best. He might've been the best prep defender in that class, but you know, that pick got a lot better when I don't want to like Joe Naranjo was just a limited profile. So I didn't love that at 800,000. It's, it's at least with Valdez, you're like, okay, there's a good shot at a utility infielder there. Naranjo being a first base only without much power. I didn't know how that was going to work out. And then Christian Cairo just didn't flash anything plus to give him a million dollars. I just did not understand that. But I mean, I listen, I, the 2019 draft on draft night was probably one of my least favorite drafts in recent memory. I was not in on a Spino because I thought he'd get hurt. Um, Hunter Gaddis. I didn't understand why they took him after he had struggled in his junior year at a smaller program. Um, I liked my favorite picks were Jordan Brown and Xavion Curry, honestly. Uh, and I was, I was, I was okay with uh, with Brennan. I thought that was an interesting selection. He wasn't like someone who popped a ton for me, but I was like, oh, that's that's a smart pick there. Uh, we'll have to see, though. I mean, right now we're on pace for the third best player in this draft class at the end of the year in terms of war, or maybe the second best player in this draft class at the end of the year in terms of war might end up being Kevin Kelly. So yeah, He's off to a good start. Good for him. But, yeah, so Yoris Valdez hit at the end of last year. Uh, he's off to a really good start. Lake County manager Omir Santos told us tonight that he has – really, you know, developed a more mature approach. He's instead of just trying to hit everything. Now he's being more selective and that's helping him drive the ball better. So good for him. Uh, I also don't want to go too crazy yet, but Juan Brito, Juan Brito's a dude uh, in game two. I saw him the double header. He was, I think a couple of feet from having two homers and two doubles. He had a ball to the wall and his first at bat that maybe needed, you know, an extra mile an hour of wind little little extra pump on the, the squat rack or something or a forearm curl. And then the second one he missed, it was like, you know, 10 feet foul, 11, 20 feet foul. Uh, absolutely smashed it. You can go on my Twitter and see that video. It was a foul ball, but the home plate umpire lost track of it because it was hit so hard and so far that uh, he didn't know if it was a home run. So Juan Brito uh, doesn't swing and miss, does not chase out of the zone. He looks like a guy who is going to handle high A pitching and, if they had room for him at double A, he should be there. So we'll see how fast that goes. And, you know, you got him from the Rockies. So, you know, it's going to work out because the Rockies are just. Don't um, make good choices. Yes. No, they're they're that kid. 
the kid, you know, there's a kid eating crayons in the kindergarten class. Like, no, why? They don't even taste good. It's going to make you feel bad. And it's, it's got that weird wet. Why? They're glue sniffers. (laughs) I want to say that. No, there are the kids eating glue in class. It's they, so or, or, or okay, we can't talk about children. Then let's go. It's the dog that eats its own poop. Like this is the Colorado Rockies. Their new emblem: the Colorado dog that eats its own poop. Uh, and that's 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 God. the Rockies. I mean, it's. I feel bad for those fans. You know, uh, yeah. you know, it, it's just the front. The you know now we know John Fisher is the worst owner in baseball. Dick Monford might be number two, and it's just for sure, man. It's just. Bad ownership, badly. I the one thing over the the first month of the season is like, again, Dolans are not necessarily good owners. They're stay out of the way. They're probably middle of the pack. But boy, have I come to appreciate them as I watch Dick Momfort say things. As I see what the junk that the Oakland owners are pulling, it's just they're not meddlers. Yeah, no, it's you know Ryan Reinsdorf <laughs> not doing anything with his. It's you come to appreciate. Uh, you come to appreciate mediocrity. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Um, who else? Let's see. Gavin Williams had a great start Thursday night, eight strikeouts in five innings. Uh, no hits allowed. I nobody even put a hard, hard ball in play against him. He was overpowering again. One walk. Uh, let's see. He threw a 51 of 80, 80 strikes. Uh, I just, I, I think that's the guy, too. I think would be whoever, whoever gets promoted from AAA, however long that's going to be. Just send the triple A. He doesn't need to be in double A. Uh, nobody's touching him right now. Uh, I saw Trent Denholm tonight. Fastball was pretty, pretty light. The secondaries were fine. Kind of strikes me as a, a Josh Tomlin, although I just don't know if he's going to have enough life on the fastball to survive as a Josh Tomlin. It's, it's pretty light. Uh, Julian Escobedo. This is a weird one, Jeff. He has never been a good hitter. I've never seen him be a good hitter. He's off to a really good start. He went one for four on Thursday. He had two walks, another steal. Uh, he is off to just a fantastic start this year, though. Um, 385, eight, uh, OPS over 1,000, 20% strikeout rate, 13.3 walk rate. He's 25 at, at double-A. Always been a good defender, but now he's striking out, you know, at a decent rate. He's walking some. I don't know. I really don't know what to say about the start he's having, and maybe it's just an absolute mirage, but uh, he's hitting a ton of fly balls. He's got a 55% fly ball rate. Like, did did something happen here that I should be paying attention to? Um, you know, I got to get more data. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's again, I'm going to refer to the Wes Hodges effect, which I think I've referred oh, to, which is yeah. when I started covering things in the minors. Um, you want the dark times of covering this team around 2005 to 2010. Uh, the minors were bad, like yeah. BAD bad. Um, and Hodges at points was like a number three overall prospect. He never got to the big leagues. He was uh, taken out of Georgia Tech, had I think like a catastrophic injury. Um, and they signed him after that. And he had a half a season in either double or triple A where I got so hyped. And then the second half was just a fall apart. And he never, you know, it's like yeah. you had him and you had Jordan Brown and you had some other guys where I just, I kind of learned to temper things until I get a full season of data uh, on anyone. Cause I've just seen it happen too often. Um, uh, Alex, I remember I used to write a diamonds and single a back at uh, Indians prospect insider back in the day and getting excited about like the Alexander Perez's or the Kelvin de la Cruz's um, 
and you know, I, I temper Escobedo uh, with his age. He is older at the level. So I, I'm a little more pulled back uh, on him. Uh, can, can I throw a name in just because I was, you know, I was looking at Quincy's tweet from earlier. And I know he's someone you like is uh, what Hunter Stanley's doing in terms of swinging strike rate. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's off to a good start. Yeah, that uh, you and I both kind of liked him as a reliever. They're still trying him as a starter right now. Was or maybe it's a piggybacking situation, but no, uh, it's, been, it's been starters work full starter. Though. Yeah, so it's uh, you know he was hurt so much last year that he was totally a guy from that class that got to the. I think most people. I mean, most people don't pay attention to a guy taking that late, but especially the injury. And then he's looked really good so far. Like that's just you want a deep sleeper name to keep following. I think it's. Uh, I'm saying. Thumbs down to Escobedo and a knock out of him. Hopefully he proves me wrong. I want him to shove that in my face. I'm hoping Escobedo. But thumbs up to Hunter Stanley for that deep sleeper. Yeah. Hunter Stanley, Jack Bluffwich had a good start or good outing the other night. Uh, 92-94, good slider. And I think May Furman and, and Joe Lampy both need to be moved up a level because they've already proven that uh, the levels they are currently at are no match for them. All right. On the other side of things, we need to get – Jeff, to talk about, are we doing Ohio prospects? What are we doing tonight? No, Jeff? no one, no response to the Ohio prospects. We're going to talk about just some guys. You know, there was an injury announcement today. I'm, I, I was looking through a list and checking it twice in terms of some names. I put together some tiers, so I'm just going to kind of discuss that overall and some right. guys that it, I enjoyed uh, getting some opportunities to watch in my downtime. All right, hang on for that in just a moment. Uh, Ultimate Baseball GM, listen, I love this game. It's a lot of fun. You can, I, I call it a pick up and play game. But it's not because you'll pick it up and play. And especially once you've figured out how it goes, you're just going to an hour passes in the blink of an eye. Uh, it's a, it's very accessible. It's very easy to understand. It's fun. I still have to make an FAQ uh, when I get some time to sit down and do that. But I love this game. And uh, yeah, I'm good. I haven't decided what the 650 buck price I'm going to spend on because I'm crushing the rest of the league. It's already mine. We don't even have to wait till this gets paid out. It's It's mine. They should just send it to me in the mail now. Uh, if you want to try the game that I've been enjoying so much, Locked On Guardians listeners get 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code Locked On in the game store. I used it, so I can tell you it works. Make sure to check it out. To download the game, visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. And I'll advise you to spend like the three bucks just to get the pro version. I mean, it's a free game, so yeah, three bucks isn't much. And I, I also did that just because I enjoy the game. All right, Jeff, what do, what do we got? Who are we talking about tonight? There was well, one request for a guy who just had Tommy John. Grayson Hitt, uh, one of the worst names for a pitcher ever. Uh, Tommy John, and here's the thing. Grayson Hitt at Alabama. Alabama's had some rough health history in recent years. Um, you know, I'm the lefty who I'm blanking on, who was like my top college pitcher. I loved when the Twins took him in the second round. I don't think he's even pitched for them yet, and he's had another arm injury. Um, but... The issue with hit is um, he doesn't get hit. He walks too many guys. And that's always been the concern. He's got good velocity for a lefty thing. 96, 95, you know, stuff like that. But I honestly, I talked, uh, you know, I think I'm more talked about online and I kind of went through and changed it because in my tiers, I decided to, to revamp and I have one guy in tier one, which is essentially like the special level. Like you don't always, there was no one in tier one a year ago um, for me. Uh, it's kind of a high level. That's like Ad- Adelaide Rushman's probably the last guy who I put in that where you're, you're talking about a guy who can be a difference maker quickly. And that's Dylan Cruz. Um, I got two in the second one in the second tier, which are like potential all-star, you know, top of the, you know, stars types, like guys who could be 
definite impact makers. Uh, seven guys in the next tier, which are potential impact makers, but a higher risk to all of them. Or maybe the ceiling's a little lower on a few, like Jacob Gonzalez, for instance. Uh, I got 10 in the next tier. I know Hiram was asking me about Matt Shaw today and Braden Taylor the day before. They're both in this tier. Uh, I got, or I'm sorry, this tier, I think I said 10. It's 16. You know, you got guys like Kyle Teal from UVA. Hey, Aaron, every day are there. UVA, shout out. Brock Wilkin at Wake. Um, you know, yes, I have the Wake hitters higher than the Wake pitchers. Uh, Charlie Soto, people will mention, but I, and someone asked this in our comments, like maybe Cleveland will go high ceiling bats. Prep guys, I don't think they're going to uh, because they are so data-driven. You have so much more, and this is what I said a year ago, there's so much more data on every single college player that I think they're, we're not going to see them go prep early for a long time. And honestly, their prep picks have not been super successful. Like... This team is not built on prep picks. Go go outside of Tristan McKenzie. Who else was a prep player who's a everyday contributor to this team? Sam Hentges. Okay. Yeah, that's that's your list. And they've had a lot of picks. <laughs> that's the it, whole list. I mean, uh, yes. And Bo Naylor could be the next. But, you know, it's the Ethan Hankins, the Lenny Torres, the Nolan Jones, the Will Benson. They have spent a lot of the Quinton Holmes a lot of high picks on players that just have not come together. And now, especially that we know more about data than ever, and you're able to get more data than ever. I mean, I'm following teams that just tweet out the data for free. Uh, you know, I'm starting to put together that list and they have even more access than we do. You just, it's so much safer. It's like you're, you know, in gambling odds, it's like going from a slot machine with a prep player to going and playing something like blackjack where you can secretly and you have the knowledge of counting cards and people can't detect it. Like you, your odds of success are just so much higher. Yeah. The payout may not be as high and it may take longer, but I, I don't see him going the other way. Uh, Nolan Shonet. Sh- yeah. I can't say his name. Unsurprising. Schnall. I do have him in that grouping. I know you've asked me about him a time or two and Jerron Watts Brown, who uh, I also linked to the guardians is in that tier for me. Uh, I have 24 in the next year, which are guys who are like borderline first round grades to me. So essentially the first round goes about 26 players deep for me. And then 24 guys that like, if they went in the first round, I'd be like, I get it. Not necessarily for me, but yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's some value there. And then I have 22 players that I have looked at who spend some time on that uh, don't quite excite me enough to view them as a first. I, I would let someone else draft them types. And uh, you know, that's where Grayson hit is. So to kind of give that, to go back to the original question, uh, he's in that group. And there are some guys who might move up. Um, I'm very intrigued by Cardinal High School's Jake Bean. I was talking after the show about him yesterday. Uh, I believe he's the all-time scoring champion in basketball. A good athlete. I think he's the only guy in the top 10 who's committed to a non-Power like Power 5 conference amongst the top 10. And it's a good prep year in Ohio. So I, I want to get more on Bean. He's right now in that tier because I just haven't covered him enough. Um I got a hot tip on, on Leif Palmer, who's a right-handed pitcher from uh, Golden High School in Colorado, to check him out. That there's His velocity has been rising. He's, he's not a pop-up guy because he's committed to Oregon State. I'm not going to say anyone that Oregon State. But also, I think there's there's some value in, in recruiting the arms that Oregon State view is valuable. Um, so he's a, a fun guy a little bit further down the list. And then just uh, you know one more name to kind of have some fun with as I was going through the, the overall listing. Arjun Namala is a uh, shortstop from Strawberry Crest High School, currently committed to Florida State. So I hope someone drafts him. Otherwise, we'll see his career be ruined, following in such great examples as uh, Carson Montgomery. 
uh, Jackson Baumeister and Nander de Sandas. Uh, I don't know what it is about Florida State, but it's not gone well for guys there. He might end up being my top prep prospect. And I know that is a hot of hot takes because Matt Clark, Max Clark, um, was to most people the number one. Walter Walker Jenkins has surpassed him in a lot of places. The thing with Max Clark is he's playing in Indiana right now. And the I told Justin, the top five prep players from Indiana all time, you've got uh, Tucker Barnhart is fifth in a war. And there's been a recently several, you know, high picks in the last, since I started covering this in the top three rounds. Um, and when you look at something like that and you look at, he is undersized, uh, some of that stuff starts to matter uh, just because often you're not looking for reasons to draft a player. You're looking for reasons to not draft a player uh, when it's the thin line to separate it. So uh, Clark is a center fielder. I think he's a great talent. He's probably going to be like, you know, just outside the top five for me and him and Jenkins and Namala are all, basically carrying the same grade so the reason namala gets elevated is because he's a, a no doubt shortstop for me uh, his power could end up being the strongest of the group there are concerns about his hit tool but i also sometimes wonder like do we get more concerns about the guy facing better competition like who's to say that someone who is maybe at a lower level of competition uh would be you know just as getting as, as exposed as much i understand there's a significant more risk with the profile but he's a silky smooth athlete he is every physical tool you want, um, you know, a la what we kind of saw a year ago with some guys like maybe Elijah Campbell uh, might be a similar in terms of like questions about the hit tool, but power, speed, everything else um, around or Elijah Green. I don't know who Elijah Campbell is. Elijah Green, the outfielder um, who went to Washington. But yeah, I think uh, I, I really want to sit down and watch more with all of three of those guys. But to me, it is a three headed monster. And if I sneak one in, Colton Ledbetter is the guy who I think needs to get higher on boards than he is right now. I almost put him in tier three. I know we're a little bit short on time, but I was going to ask you real quick, going back to your point about um, lack of success with high school players, it would seem that Cleveland is only willing to take a high school player early on if they are extremely special, which I guess isn't really a hot take or anything, but like, if you look at the pitcher or the players they have taken in terms of high school, like the ones that they take later have not really, I don't know. How many, how many high school guys have they taken late? I guess is because you know, the later it goes, those guys don't sign. Like, you know, they took Logan Clark last year. They took, uh, they don't get as the other day, uh, a couple years ago. I mean, it's what, like, you know, the day three guys I think about are like Matt Turner and Raymond Burgos. So, you know, I both, uh, you know, are rooting for. Um, we don't see it as much on day three. There was a period where they're taking more of them on, on day two. But honestly, like the past two years, it's been, what, like two, maybe three prep guys in a class. I don't think we're going to see, and they're probably going to be California kids because they, they draft mm -hmm. that, they scout that state so heavily, or Georgia. But they just, I, I can't. I know some people want to talk Colton Emerson. Um, honestly, I don't think he gets there. So we don't even need to really dive into oh, him sure. as a potential guy. Uh, yeah, I have a hard time seeing him get past the teens. Um, he's solid. I mean, he might be, he's probably my fourth best prep bat, if I'm being honest in this class right now. Hmm. Um, so yeah, the Ohio kid from, uh, from John Glenn high school, AJ McEwing is, you know, another one, like I said, it's, it's a fun high school class from Ohio. Um, but I, I think there's just so much data and again, specifically this year, why they wouldn't it, even beyond normal. This 2020 college group is the kids who got to college at a much higher rate than they ever had in the past because the 2020 draft was five rounds. So this college group is extra deep. It's extra talented. 
because you know, in the past, you know, Enrique Bradfield may not get to school. Jacob Wilson probably doesn't get to Grand Canyon. Someone probably pays him because of the bloodlines with a later pick. Oh, you know, there's a lot of guys who may not get there at all. Like Tanner Witt, I, I still have him in my grouping of three because he was my highest drafted player to not get to or highest rated player to not go to the pros, even though he's been hurt at Texas. And there's guys like that who might have never gotten there. So I think college is just the more than any other year we have talked about this 2021 class has the deepest college class just because of the history. Interesting. I wanted to ask you real quick. If you saw the, Mm -hmm. the Atlantic league rules that are being tested, uh, there's a lot. The, it's the, well, the double hook is the one I was noticing the most, and uh, the re-entry. There was the you can use a pinch runner off the bench. Um, they get the, the pit person you're pitch running with can come back. Um, I got to say, I'm okay with a lot of changes they've made so far. Even though I'm, I'm not, I guess I'm not really a baseball purist, but I'm okay with a lot of changes they've made so far. I think it gets very weird if you're having like a, a Terrence Gore on your bench and you could pinch run him once a game and then the guy you pitch run for can come back. Like that just to me is just, I don't know. It's silly. Uh, yeah, it's a little weird. I kind of like the double hook. Um, that, you know, I, 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 I think that's kind of fun. Um, the, the multiple use pinch hitter is just to try to get even more stolen bases. They're not going to be content until all of the bases are stolen. Um, but <laughs> But I kind of steals this, 100. You don't yeah. steal 100. We got I mean, one. they they want to they want Vince Coleman to come back. Is this untrue with this without the off the field stuff? That's just yes. I know there's off the field. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird. But this is where they test things out. I'm not. I saw some in our little group chat. Someone got quite upset about it. It's like it's at the Atlantic League. They try all sorts of things. Some things, you know, it's, it's where the pitch clock started, and we'll see what gets pushed up the line. But I'm not gonna. I'm not going to go crazy uh, with any of it, but yeah, the double hook is definitely the one that's uh, most interesting to me. Hopefully what I'm hoping for next is um, robots and robot battles. So they can recreate base wars. My favorite NES baseball game after baseball stars, either that or baseball stars with superpowers. So give me one of those two. Uh, if you liked base wars and or baseball stars, make sure to comment. Can we just get, below. Robo, umps? Can we just get robo umps, please. I'm, I'm tired of the bad umpires. I did. I don't know if you saw the comments. They were coming after you saying you got the call wrong for yesterday. I, I did not get the call wrong. That was, they explained on the broadcast. Everybody was, everybody else was saying that was the wrong call by, uh, we, uh, everyone was very kind to the comments, Dave. I hope you're still watching. I'm hopefully you didn't take that the wrong way. Um, but yeah, everyone was very kind. We had a few, a few of those statements in there, but mostly it was, it was fun times. Um, with a you know a bit of a, a goofy show with the off day coming in in Cleveland, uh, finally beating those pesky Tigers. But uh, we should uh, we are at the end of this one. Uh, hopefully they're going to take uh, all these games from the Marlins. They're going to catch a bag of fish. I already said my favorite Marlins pick yesterday, Keegan Fish, former Ohio prep player. Um, I have no idea what he's done in the minors since then. But uh, that was a while ago, so I, I don't even know if he's still in the minors. But uh, thank you all for listening, rating and reviewing, downloading. It helps. I am personally hoping for a, a call up of Logan Allen based just purely on my Brian Rocchio call up video. Apparently, every time a big prospect gets called up, we can we can expect huge numbers. So hopefully, uh, Allen or Bybee will both be up this week. But uh, you, oh, I drafted Logan Allen, so he's safe. I drafted Logan safe. Allen, so he is not on team injury. He's not on team injury. Okay, um, but I, I'll have to see who is. 
who else is on team injury. I should really change that into in fantasy. But uh, thank you all again. And yes, I do have Cody Morris and Joey Cantillo. Hey, Will Brennan's on my team. He hasn't gotten hurt yet. That's that's one in my favor. Uh, John Kenzie Well and Gabriel Rodriguez have been terrible, though. So, hey, uh, it's, it's not been great for team injury. But uh, thank you again. And go, go, Guardians, go.